Pulls up the three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime. Makes it. Garrett. Welcome to the MVP cast from me, Mark Woods. Good to have you with us. And it's a new season, of course. New teams, new rosters, new investment taking shape in the BBL. A new marketing campaign as well. But one thing, as old as time that remains unchanged, <laughs> Dan Rightledge will be commentating on the British Basketball League on television. Starting this Friday night when Sheffield Sharks host London Lions live on Sky Sports. Dan, great to have you with me to uh, take a look ahead to it all how are you doing after after a long summer yeah i'm, I'm doing great i'm still recovering from the oldest time remark there, Mark. but yeah no i'm doing really good thank it's okay. you okay we're matching each other year for year so you know what's, what's old for you <laughs> is old true. for me um it sort of feels a bit different this start of the season i mean we've, we've kind of got used to this idea of this this triple seven in, investment over the last year or so but we're starting to see lots of noise i mean I, i'm not sure heart yet sorry that translates into actual difference on, on what we're going to see on the floor. But, you know, if you look at preseason, some teams have gone overseas to play. Leicester are already in action this week in, in the BCL in, in, in North Macedonia. And, you know, we've seen fresh investment coming in, places like Glasgow and Manchester. And you and I go back to the, the boom era before the bust. But it sort of feels like the BBL's shooting for that boom again. Yeah, it definitely feels like it, it, it's been a roller coaster over the uh... 40 or 50 years of league basketball in this country. It definitely feels like it's on an upward trajectory right now, as you say. Uh, and, and interesting, the teams going abroad in a way that we haven't really seen uh, too many teams do, uh, in recent, well, for a, for a very long time. Um, I, I picked up on that as well. And obviously, the league office has more people in there. The visibility that's coming out, the marketing campaign that's been launched that you you touched on, it all feels really positive. It feels like things are going in the right direction. Do you think, I mean, you were in the league office at the point in time when, you know, probably we all consider the league was at its high point in terms of visibility. How much do you think that structure, just the extra bodies, can can make a difference to sort of supplement that you know, excellent core that, that's been there for quite a long time in Leicester? I think it makes a massive difference because you've got people whose job it is to do stuff rather than people who are doing that little bit on the side when they can in between the other things they've got to do. So, I mean, it's it's great. I've had phone calls from various people at the league office introducing themselves, getting to know what their roles are. So I, I think it's a massive positive um, for the league because the one thing uh, that we've said for years and years and years is the the visibility of the league needs to be greater. And in order to do that, you need people out there putting it in front of uh, potential fans, potential sponsors, potential TV companies uh, in order to grow. And, 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 and they've been sort of limited by their resources at the centre. And now they've got greater resources. We'll hopefully see the greater output as a result of it. I mean, one thing that they've changed this season, we're going to talk about you know, salary cups in, in a minute, but yeah, an extra American this term. I've kind of mixed feelings about this because there was a really nice balance, I think, between more homegrown players coming back, mainly the players coming from overseas to back to the UK, uh, and the Americans. Now we've gone up one. Um, what's your take on it? Is it good or bad, or can you sit, on, sit in the middle on this one? 
I, I do kind of sit on the middle on that because essentially it's replacing the EU slot, which is basically useless post-Brexit. Mm. It becomes impossible. It's, it's the same difficulty of getting a European in as it is getting an American in, and the Americans uh, are more available. There's a bigger pool of them to pick from. So I sort of sit on the middle. I mean, you and I have been around long enough to the big change in post-Bosman when it went from two to five, and that was really the big shift. And since then, we've kind of tinkered around the edges, but it's always been some variation around five, hasn't it? So I'm not massively uh, moved either way by it, but I do think the point you pick up about uh, British players coming back in has been uh, key, and we've seen that grow. It probably started in the modern era, if you like, with Justin Robinson uh, coming back. I think that was the first sort of marquee one of this generation. Uh, and, and we've seen it grow, grow and grow over over recent years now with what London are doing in Europe. And we get to see the likes of uh, Luke Nelson and Ovi Soko every week. It's great for British basketball. It takes us neatly on to London. And the, 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 the greatest start, and you love a start, um, that I saw this week was one bookie. Um, was London Lions at three to one for the title, and I <laughs> did exactly what you've just done and laughed. Yeah, and lied. I mean, you've got the team there. I mean, a great British nucleus. You've just mentioned a few of the names: Devon Van Houten. We can throw into that as well. Yeah, you know, Ryan Smith, who was there, you know, on the sidelines last season in some unspecified role, but now is the head coach. You've got players like Sam Decker, who have been in the NBA. You know, coming in, you know, big reputations. I mean, the kind of sense I have from talking to people is that. You know, they're playing in the Euro Cup. Some of the team will possibly play only in European. Some will play domestic. Um, but it's a cracking roster. It's really hard to see them losing a game. Uh, it is a cracking roster. I mean, uh, I think if we go back, I mentioned Bosman a minute ago. If we go back to Bosman, I'm not sure there's been a better lineup on paper in the BBL than that. And I, I don't think it's fair to compare pre Bosman because of the rules being different i mean you just look at it from from one to to however many players they've signed 12 13 14 whatever it is it just looks absolutely stacked with talent um the one thing i would say about um them i think i think they will win the games that are super important for sure um the, with the team they've got the one thing i would say is the way the euro cup is played uh now with the 10 team uh, groups that that came in last year. It's a long old grind that season. It goes on for a long time. They play eighteen games. It's every week. There will be some times where London will be away somewhere or other, and then have to come home on a Friday night. Um, I, their schedule is going to be pretty brutal, and I think that will take its its toll on the team. But yeah, I mean, if the game was played on paper, I'd agree with you. It's it's hard to see how you pick them apart but with the schedule that they have um it, it, they're going to have to manage things through it's going to be a challenge for for ryan schmidt just to you know keep everybody fit and fresh and and, and going all the way through the season i guess if the game is played in paper that have won everything last season but look how it turned <laughs> out i mean the only thing i have um and i've spoken to a few coaches on this i mean most, most people see them that yeah, yeah they will win every game They'll probably win most games quite big if they you know field anything close to a full strength roster. You look at long term for the this this there's an investment in the league. Of course, the investors who that mm. invested in the BBL are also the owners of London. And I do wonder if if having a, 
a league that we think this year is going to be so skewed. I mean, it could be over by February. Um, do, do you think, in a sense, that might harm the credibility of the BBL with that lack of competitive balance? Well, I could push back and play devil's advocate and say last year was the biggest biggest winning margin of anybody in the history of the league, with Leicester winning the title as as by as many points as they did. Um, so I, I'm not sure that we were making the same argument against Leicester last year as as we might make against London this year. I, I understand the I understand the sentiment, and I probably agree with you uh, to to some point. But again. Uh, I need to see it on paper, on on court. Certainly. On paper, it looks amazing, and the team looks really good. And it is going to be difficult for the for the rest of the teams to keep up with them. Um, but let's see how it plays out on court before we before we write write the 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 league title off. Because as you say, I think this time last year when I had to make my picks uh, on Sky Sports, I picked London for the league and the playoffs, and that didn't work out. And I think I picked London um, the year before as well, um, and 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 got that wrong as well. So it, it's still to be determined. But they they certainly have the best chance of anybody in the league. I would say. I mean, the salary cap being removed, and yeah, mm. the, the theory is it's to re, it's to help London in Euro Cup, where the the minimum mm. budget is significantly higher than anything we've seen in the BBL in in recent years. Mm. I mean, everyone I've spoke to said you know it's a year's trial. Let's try it for a year. We'll see how this this works. But you know, we remember the days of the, the salary cuts. Remember the days of salary cut violations when the salaries were yeah. you know, a bigger than they are now. Um, I think it's a gamble. What do you reckon? Well, it's interesting because when London got announced as being in uh, Euro Cup, the first thing I said was, "Well, they're going to have to run two teams mm. because you can't can't put a BBL team into Euro Cup and you can't put a Euro Cup team." into bbl um obviously that was before they they got rid of the of the of the cap um so now they can play the same team in both competitions and, and it makes complete sense on that and there is part of me that would have thought well actually if they were running two different teams th- this idea that they were representing the league wouldn't quite be accurate because it would be a completely different team that was playing on a wednesday that was playing at the weekend and i think the advantage that we have as fans of British basketball in this country is we will get to see guys who have ne- who have never been here uh, before in, in the likes of um, uh, in the likes of Luke Nelson and guys we've we've had a little glimpse of in in Ovi Soko. So I think that does help us. Uh, interestingly, will be how it impacts on the on the GB in the windows as well. It might be better better for that as well. Um, so I totally get it from that point of view, but I understand. I, understand the challenge it's going to be because the reality is that their budget whatever it is is going to be at least 10 times bigger than everybody else just because it has to be to compete at the level of your cup and, and, and the challenge that i got back from my uh, from my co-host on my podcast is now we'll get to what is the difference between a player at, at five thousand a month say and, and twenty-five thousand a month uh, and his view was actually talent-wise, it's probably not a massive uh, difference in all that, but but we will see how it plays out uh, plays out on the floor. It, it's definitely it's definitely going to be difficult for the rest of the league to keep with them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But um, they've looked at it 
presumably going, as you said, well, this is the way to increase the credibility of the league across uh, the continent by having a team competing uh, at EuroCup level. And hopefully that will allow them to uh, bring everybody else up with them. And that that's going to be the challenge because I don't think anybody will ever uh, or has to get to the level of budget that, that they are at. But we need to get closer. Uh, I mean, if you look in uh, in ACB in Spain, you've got you've got the big teams at the top end, Barcelona, Real Madrid, who will have double the budget of of the teams sort of who are in third, fourth, fifth place, and then four or five times the budget of the teams below that. But that's one of the most competitive leagues uh, in Europe. Those teams down the bottom end, they might not win uh, uh, um, the ACB, but they certainly are competitive and our challenge is to close the competitive gap they won't get probably won't get all the way there in terms of the finances but then what league is equal in in that regard man city have have more money than than i was about to say the team at the bottom of the premier league but then say nottingham forest the team second bottom of the premier league that therein is the challenge in sport is there are the haves and the have nots and it's how you get uh, competitive league between the, the the large gaps in money and the reality is in, in football the the teams down the bottom do occasionally beat the teams up the top and can rise up the ranks but it still ends up usually with Man City at or near the top because they've got the most money and presumably Newcastle when all their money comes in will rise up the table because that's the nature of sport in the modern era I didn't say that you're your near neighbour, Rob Paternostro, you know, he's had a lot of continuity in Leicester this season. I mean, I know losing Gino Crandall had to that light offer from Germany will hurt, but you know, knowing Rob, he's not going to sit back and go, let's play for second in runners-up spots. No, that's true. That's true. I mean, they got the band back together and they lost the conductor, didn't they? <laughs> um, so so it's, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I, the interesting thing is how it impacts particularly on the two bigs in that team, isn't it? Because Walker and uh, Nelson Henry were two of the most efficient players in the league, aided and abetted by one of the best pick-and-roll point guards that there's been in the league in recent years. Um, so how that impacts me, we'll wait and see with CJ Jackson as to how he fits in. But you're right. What it does do, and this is the point that, that Drew Lasker has been making to anybody that will listen, is it gives the competitive juices to everybody else who are now London are going to get the best shot of everybody every night, and that was one of the things that Rob said to me uh, when they were when they were in um, FIBA Europe Cup a few years back. He said, "Teams come in here, they see the Europe Cup logo on the floor, and they see it up on the backboard, and they give us our best shot every single week." And I think that's what what London get. You look at a team, say like Plymouth. Who, who don't take a backward step to anybody. You're not telling me that Antonio Williams thinks he's going to go and lose to, to, the, to the London Lions. Of course he doesn't, because he has uh, ultimate confidence in himself and his team. And you'll see that up and down the, up and down the league, I think, where uh, players will raise themselves when they play London, because this is the big shot. And, and ultimately, there's that thing of, well, actually... If I'm really good here and I beat this team, next year I might be on that contract. London have got the most money in the league, so now it becomes the aspirational place to go to. We talked about the investment. And the biggest investment, or in terms of the biggest 
wealth, if from what reports are to say, has, has gone into Glasgow this year. And let's let's go back. I don't know what is it, 24, 25 years. You and I were in a pub in Edinburgh the day where the rocks were officially <laughs> Indeed, blown. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it seems it seems so. Oh, but we were working there, Mark. I started clear. We were working, yes. Yeah, so you you we were hosting, were and I, I was journaling. Um, I know the rocks have gone. They become the Cal- Caledonia Gladiators. But you know the big plans. You know a six thousand seater arena to be built within two years. The WBBL team under one roof, and the, you know they've got good players. You know Chantal Handy coming back. Um, I mean, it's an incredibly exciting proposition on, on paper, and I don't think we'll. Gareth Murray's necessarily seen the, the the budgetary increase in his first year as, as as a full-time coach but you look at the potential there and you see you you've seen the transformation in, in, in Leicester with the arena and same in, in Newcastle but you know the plans phenomenal yeah and, and to me that's that's the answer to all questions is venues uh, that that is the thing that is the thing that gets us to the to the next level as a league so you know the excitement for me is seeing Sheffield getting spades in the ground is Bristol edging closer to getting spades in the ground is this news coming out of Glasgow now with the, with this new venue uh, in in two years time that is the key to to everything in in British basketball you you referred back to the to the 90s when we were young pups covering the game it it, it was all based on arenas that people were paying astronomical amounts of money to play in and it became very difficult but well, i say very difficult for them to make any money they didn't make any money they all lost loads of money which is why most of those teams no longer exist or if they do exist they exist in a completely different stratosphere to what it was back then because of the ownership changes whereas now you're seeing it being built from the ground up from 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 building venues that allow teams to generate their own income, not just on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but on the rest of the week. And 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 the other key thing about it, which is super important in the long-term goal for British basketball, is it allows them to develop players and for their young teams to have a place to play and for their women's teams, for the teams that have women's teams, that for, for, for a place to play as well. And that's key in terms of participation, but also pathway development. And, and you see in Leicester, they're building another two courts on the side of Morningside Arena. So it'll be a five-court venue. That's the only one in the country. But that is how you get numbers of people in, in playing. And I think we'll see the benefit of that uh, in 20 years' time. Um, but actually, the short term, it, it's, got to be the, it's got to be the way forward. So, I, I, I mean... The, the Caledonia thing is to me super exciting you know the the, the blueprint that they've they've laid out looks really really good and, and as you say we'll see how it plays out on the court this uh, this year they seem to have done all right in preseason don't they Gareth looks like he's got a few players there uh, so far but but actually the long term uh, of that franchise looks really good yeah I mean five five wins out of five in preseason I mean, it's going to be strange not seeing Gareth Murray playing and I think I suppose that will mm. be a tough adjustment to him. and I know he, he wrestled a little bit with it before making that that call. But um, I think for for him though, you know, obviously there's pressure now because you've got new owners who you know, don't necessarily have that loyalty back to when he was a player. You know, he is just a coach, so he's only got one job. There's mm. there's not that thing of oh, you know, I don't want to say excuse because Gareth never makes excuses, but you know the fact that he have, having to play in coaches is a is a, is a tough ask. 
Um, yeah. There is a bit of pressure, I feel, on him that he to get this right because he's on you know, he, again. His contract extension was one year, and um, you know, they need to win probably to to yeah. you know, solidify. Who I think could be a, a you know a great coaching career for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think he's got a really sharp basketball brain. I think he's he's, he's made to be a coach. Really, there was probably pressure on him this time last year. To mm-hmm. be fair, coming off the season that they had. Uh, in the in the COVID year, where they where they sort of hunkered down and just tried to to get through it and, and took took their lumps uh, through, but I thought they they responded really well. They they started and ended the season uh, really well. Probably had a bit of a dip in the middle, um, but but yeah, there probably is pressure on him. He, uh, you know him better than I, but he doesn't strike me as the sort of person that that visually um, deals with that. He's, he sort of seems more focused. On the here and now, and, the, and, and you know, the results will come as as uh, if you put in the planning and the preparation, and you get everything right. And 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 good luck to him in doing that. As I say, the the preseason results look pretty good, and over the couple of years that he's been doing it, he seems to have been able to pick up some really good players along the way. And you know, any coach is only as good as the as the talent they have. You've got to have the talented players in the first place and he seems to have uh, he seems to have brought in some pretty good players into the league over the year so uh, so hopefully that's the case again this year and he he does get it going because you would I, I mean you would like to see a guy like that succeed in coaching in the long term because of what he's given uh, to the game uh, in this country in Scotland in particular and, and you know all the caps for GB as well I mean, the other, the other investors that you know we mentioned, um, Manchester Giants, mystery investors, still aren't quite sure who the, who this is that's that's, that's bank willing the all new Giants. I understand you know, Monotold did sign finance, but there's been a lot of due diligence in the league and debts to be paid off from the previous ownership group, as as far as I understand it. But at the end of it, who's back in the BBL? It's Vince McCauley. And you know the the quality lineup that he's recruited. I mean, look at Ramon Fletcher, Dark Williams, William Lee, Corey Johnson. I mean, there's instant credibility on the floor for Giants to play with. It might be their best lineup since they came back into the league. Yeah, it certainly looks like it, doesn't it? I mean, uh, is it, you mentioned the the owners, whoever they are, obviously have a quid or two uh, to be able to recruit a team like that. And uh, and and Vince obviously knows his way around the around the league so you've got a guy and instantly and, he, and he's a he's good at uh, at selling as well so i would imagine it's pretty helpful for them in in the local market of trying to uh push through and and increase the fan base increase the sponsor base and and all of that but not only is it a very talented team it looks a very exciting team as well so i think if they do get new people on board it'll be a a fun team to watch. It looks like they'll win uh, a lot of games. Uh, the only downside for me is it's another second generational player coming in, another guy to make me feel old with Nate, Nate Robinson coming in. It's, there's <laughs> way too many. And soon it'll be grandkids coming into the league, won't it? Um, but yeah, it looks like a really, really talented team. And as I say, fun to watch. I'm excited to see to see what they what they do up there and you know Vince is always good value he's always entertaining he's always got a good quote he, you know people listen to him um and and he is he is a character and, and you know, we're trying to push the game out to to a wider market and i think that will definitely help in in manchester to have somebody like that as as the voice piece 
yeah, if Knight's half as good a player as his old man Mark, and you know, <laughs> be pretty good. Yeah, listens to the podcast <laughs> from time to time. You know, then they'll be doing all right there. Um, there's sort of a group of teams I think around mid table, and Sheffield have got that continuity. I mean, they've got nice mm. point guard. You'd say Nelson looks looks pretty good. Um, I mean, the big thing for them with the off season was getting, as you said, breaking ground and um, starting to build this new arena, which you know they they really believe can be transformational. But it's funny that thing I always think about a Tebow Lions team. So I, I probably always chronically underrate them going into the season because it's not there's never a sort of showy recruit. Yeah, I think a lot of people do. I think it's one of those uh, one of those things where actually when you look at a Tebow, what he's done over the over the what is it twelve thirteen years he's been coaching in the league he's been consistently there or thereabouts i mean fab and, and rob hoovered up most of the trophies but after that a team is probably next in in the list in terms of trophies won over the over that course of time and and you saw they last year they had their moments where you were thinking oh they're they're struggling a little bit and then they end up second in the league and, and you know but for some injuries might have had a decent run uh, in the playoffs, and and it, as you say, he's got good continuity there. He's brought back uh, guys that he knows, guys that he trusts, sprinkled in a few new players, and 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 he always gets it right, even when they have some difficult times during the seasons. Uh, they always manage to turn it around and get themselves in a good spot in the end. So uh, I, I'm interested in in obviously get to see them first game up. I'm interested to see how the new players. Uh, mesh in with, with the with the continuity and obviously no Mike Tuck as well so that's going to be a little bit weird seeing him in a suit rather than rather than out on the court having watched him for the last uh, 10 12 years at the Sharks. I mean, Ch- Cheshire are the I suppose the beneficiaries of of Giants at the end of last term I and mean, you've got Jamal mm. Anderson's gone there David Ilf's gone there and um, you mentioned the second generations though I mean what what a team can, can you continuing this tradition of Sons of big names, Lloyd Daniels, son of Lloyd, who was at the um, the Spurs and the Lakers. Jordan Strawberry, you know his dad, Daryl, hugely famous baseball player, but his brother mm, yeah. JJ played in the NBA, played in Euroleague as well. I mean the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, I mean they won the trophy last time, and they always seem to find a way to punch above their weight. I think the thing I always think about the Knicks. We're in this brave new world, and it's going to be so important for them to keep performing and keep challenging to show that. There's a place for them, you know, you know, a small market team, to use American terminology, playing out of mm. a, a small arena that, you know, th- that they do deserve to belong to this, this brave, big new BBL. Yeah, well, they certainly seem to have, because uh, one of the things you would say about them in recent years is perhaps the depth has been a bit of an issue. When, when one guy goes down, you just wonder, do they have, do they have enough beyond that? But they certainly seem to have got, a pretty decent British core in there uh, this year. And that I think that's key now. I think the only way you can be successful uh, in the league, we talked about the number of foreign players that teams have, but if you don't have good British players, uh, then I, I just think you're, you're sort of limited as to how far, how far you can go. And obviously they've got guys with experience of the BBL in neighbor in Anderson in all. Um, I'm interested to see Danny Evans, Coming and playing in the BBL as well, um, they, they, they've got some some guys there. Larry Austin was just such a phenomenal addition to that, that team uh, last year. I feel like he's probably going to have an enhanced role 
um, this time around. So I'm interested to see year two Larry Austin because he was such a catalyst for them winning that trophy last year um, to watch how he goes. But you're right. It it is, again, this is where the the starkness of the league uh, in the current guys is, is London and Cheshire. I don't know the numbers on their budgets, but I'm guessing they're quite far apart. So it's going to be the challenge for the likes of Cheshire to, to punch up that sort of weight. I think a sort of similar challenge for, for Surrey in the sense of, you know, again, Questions being asked because of the size of their venue, but you know, you look at there, it's been a big change in the summer. Lloyd Gardner coming in, who you know, I think mm. did a terrific job in Manchester, and they've they've essentially cleaned house. You've got Jalen Ray, Shakem Johnson, Charleston Dobbs, the new Americans, Andrew Lawrence saying he's fit again, healthy again. I'm, you know, I think we all really hope that's the case that he yeah. came back to full health because he's such a phenomenal player and a, you know, a terrific guy as well. I think, but personal basis. We all love to see Andrew Lawrence back playing his pomp. But, you know, sorry for me, I think one of those teams that I don't know how they go. I mean, it, you know, it's it, it's been rebuilt, but I think, yeah, the only way it can really be up after last season. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Lloyd uh, has, has, has got some, some decent players in there. You're right, though. Lawrence is the, is the key for me. He's such a talented guy. And we've not really seen it uh, in the BBL at all. We had that little spell at at uh, the Royals, but we haven't had a, a really good look at, at Andrew Lawrence. I don't think the British fan is one of these sort of things that is almost an enigma to British fans because most of his, his best performances have been outside of this country, um, but super, super talented. And his ability to control the game and to to, to do uh, what what is best for his team and get his, his players involved is, is so... He's just so influential on the game. Um, so, I mean, like you, I just hope he, he manages to play the whole season. And I think they will go as he goes. I think if, if he's there and able to control things, there's some really good pieces uh, around that. And obviously Lloyd, uh, Lloyd knows a lot of the younger British players from his time at, at Barking Abbey. So you, you see the likes um, of, of Carey and, and Steele and that going uh, to play for Lloyd, and and I think that's that's exciting, and it is it's a great place to play. Like the home fans, they've they've not had much to cheer uh, in recent years, but they still turn out every week. It's always loud down there. It's a difficult uh, difficult place to play. The shooters tell me the rings are tight. I have no idea what that means because I can't shoot that well, so mine just don't go in anyway. So it, it's three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, sort of thing. Um, so it's a great home court advantage if they could win, uh, win some games early in the year and really get things going. They've got a chance, but to me, it all hangs on on the fitness of Andrew Lawrence and, and fingers crossed he, he lasts the whole year. There's two teams which, you know, for you or I, are worse nightmares because we just don't know what they're like. And yeah, at least you know, once you're a couple of weeks into the season, you get a sense of you know who teams are yeah. and what they're about. And that's Bristol and, and, and Plymouth. And you know, Bristol, as ever, almost you know, a completely new team, you know, just a couple of holdovers from last year. Again, a big summer for them because they're a step closer to getting this you know, amazing new arena that they've got planned um, yeah. down, down beside the, the football and, and rugby stadium. Um, but yeah, Andreas always seems to you know, recruit a good team. Um, yeah. But we just never know if, it's, if, if, it, if it could be a great team or it could be yeah. just another mid-table team. Yeah, and that—that's the thing. And and actually, you know, I think losing 
Thomas Edwards and, and Josh Rogers is uh, uh, is quite a bloke. Those two over the last few years have really become integral parts of what they're what they're doing down there. And as I say, you've got to have good British players, I think, if you want to push up towards the top end of the table. But they're coming off their best ever uh, finish last year. Um, I'm sure Andreas will want to will want to build on that. But like you say, it's a bit of a an unknown. There's a couple of guys back from from last year. Obviously, Leslie Smith back in the in the BBL. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's one of those. Uh, uh, I always have this debate with with various different people, including my sidekick on Sky Ampro, about uh, he'll go, "Oh, have you seen this guy's what he did in in college and blah blah blah." And I go, "I need to see it over here because it doesn't always translate what somebody did in another league or in uh, particularly in college." doesn't always translate into the pros so they they are to me that that's probably the biggest question mark team um that that i have really but maybe newcastle as well to be honest with you where i go i just don't quite know what they are and i'm i want to see them i want to see them with my own eyes first yeah we'll come to newcastle in a sec i mean the the other question i'll probably for a different kind of reasons plymouth um mm. i mean they were hammered by Bristol last weekend. I mean, you know, Paul James has been able to bring a core back. He's added James Hawthorne that played at Surrey, you know, decent American on paper and Mark Hedrick Bell. Um, you know, still a little bit of uncertainty about where they're playing. I mean, it's listed on the BBL websites, pavilions. Um, we don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, it's still you know a club that's owned as a franchise by the the BBL. Um, but again, PJ, I trust in PJ, and I suppose that's the mm. thing that I can take some heart from that. Are, you know, Patriots fans can take some part is PJ always finds a way to get get a team on the floor that you know we saw last season it took a while he needed some extra personnel but once he gets them they always play well yeah uh, I mean we've been watching PJ coach for mm-hmm. for a thousand games haven't we um, it, 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 he, he has an eye for what what, uh, what player will work in, in this league and what player will work for his team and even last year that team at the beginning of the season didn't lack for effort and and and, mm. and for stick to itiveness. They just lacked for talent and depth, basically. And when the reinforcements came, they 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 were I can't remember the exact record, but they the second or third best record uh, in the league from January first to the end of the season. So the, uh, most of those guys are back. They've they've got a lot of talent. I think they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They've got the the hashtag unfinished business where they felt, you know, that maybe they didn't get the respect they deserve at the end of the season or whatever. Um, I feel like they are coming in, they're coming in hot at the start of the season where they feel they're going to, you know, take the league by storm. They were looking at top four. I saw Hassan talking about that um, the other day. Certainly, as I say, the way they played from January to the end of the season, largely, um, with this roster, they were they were one of the better teams in the league. The, the The question for me is losing Graham Bell to Newcastle. He was so key for them coming off the bench. He he did so many things at both ends of the floor. And and do they have a replacement in that position? I don't know. I've not seen them play. Um, they've obviously uh, had a tough preseason. Obviously, the trip to France played some really good teams. Um, but I still think they're going to be good because, you know, Hassan is one of the most efficient 
uh, scorers uh, in the league all time. Like his field goal percentage is number two all time, and Williams is that guy, isn't he? He just he 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 he's, he's aggressive. He's he attacks the basket. He, he doesn't take a backward step. He really leads that team, and I think that's the sort of thing that the fans down there really uh, love. And he's, they've got some some good players around that, some shooters. Um, I, I think again, they're another team that will be be fun to watch, and they're going to be tough to beat. And you, you talked about the Eagles as, as the mysteries, and I, I'm really mm. intrigued to see what they do this season because. Mm. Seven new players, Graham Bell amongst them, Jermel Kennedy, you know, has, has looked really good so far. Um, obviously, you've got the old fossil, Mister. Just kind of moved out yeah. to Defoe. He'll be there till you know till they'll be dragging him out of the arena with a you know a, a, a procession behind him. Um, but it's Mark Stills' first coaching mm. role, but at this level, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of what he's done with with GB, and and you've seen already he's you know, he's showing that ability to have a bit of ruthlessness about him. I mean, he changed the point guard last week and brought in mm. David, David Cohen at the last minute. But it, it felt this summer that it was the real break. With due respect to everything Ian McLeod did, but it felt like it was the real break from Fab Flournoy era. And it's a new team. And it's, you know, new players. And it's Mark Stuttle's team. And he, he had to make some tough calls over the summer. You know, Roman Fletcher being the obvious one, whether, you know, to, mm. to, to, to bring him back or let him go. And, it, you know, this is, this is him. He's built this team. Um, I'm a huge fan of Mark, but it, it'll be, I think, really fascinating to see how quickly they gel. And last season, you know, the expectations in Newcastle are always so high. They weren't met. You know, chemistry in that team was an issue. How quickly can they come together? Because I think, you know, you look at Stuttle, I mean, you know, they, this, this will be the key for it. How can you build that team He's done it with GB in terms of, I think, of really knitting those team, that team together. And you know, mm. we can all look back at Eurobasket with hindsight and go, should he have stayed in charge? I think yes, by the mm. by now. Um, but it will be, you know, I think that that's one of the big things this season, which will be you know, fascinating to watch. Is what is Newcastle, new version, going to look like from week one and moving forward to the end of the season? Yeah, totally. I mean, essentially, it's just the foe, isn't it? From 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 the old from the old uh, from the old team and and we don't really know. I mean, we know Graham Bell. I think he was a great pickup. I'm really a big fan of his. We've seen Mockford. We know what he can do, and obviously, uh, Mark knows him from uh, from GB. I'm presuming they're going to play him at, at some three, given the, the the makeup of the the other team they've got. But just to me, it's a massive question mark. Newcastle. I just don't know. I don't know what to expect uh, until I I probably need to see them three or four times. But as you say, with, with Mark, uh, first job, he's obviously got connections with the club over a long period of, of time. So he's not totally new uh, to the Eagles. And, and like you, I was really impressed with what he did at Great Britain because when he first took that job on, you sort of thought, ooh, has he got the, the clout and the credibility that these, you know, international level players who are playing all over uh, Europe are going to listen and buy into it. But every post-game uh, interview that you got from the players, they just eulogised about him. So he's obviously a guy who who, who players like and respect, certainly at that, at that level. Um, so presumably that will translate into into positive things for the Newcastle Eagles fans. But but obviously last year was just a total disaster for, 
for Newcastle. It just it didn't look right, did it? Seeing them down the bottom bottom end of the table. I mean, this is a team that whatever it was, 13, 15 years in a row in the top three, and they don't even make the playoffs. Um, it, it just it doesn't look right, and 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 I think actually for the league because of the history and the and the and the sort of brand, if you like, of the Newcastle Eagles, we need a strong Newcastle Eagles team. We need a, you know they're so well supported. It's a great atmosphere up there. We need Newcastle back up at the at the top end of the table. Um, I, but are they going to get there? I just don't know. It's one of those things. There's so many uh, new pieces to it. Um, I, I, I can't guess uh, in advance, but hopefully they will. Yeah, and I think Montford, you know, a player that's, I think will set the tone and I think a really good tone as well. I mean, you've got someone like him who's you know, come off a good summer. I don't think, you know, I think in the spells he had at Eurobasket were pretty good. But I think, I think what I like about that signing from Mark is there's someone there that he can trust, who trusts him and can probably provide, along with Defoe, that that sense of leadership. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. He obviously really likes him. I mean, you could see that over the time of him uh, being GB coach. He put a lot of faith and store into into Ben playing undersized uh, at the three. And obviously, we've seen over the over the years in the BBL that he is a guy that can uh, put up big numbers. Uh, there was a game, was it last year, where he ate three pointers. Uh, at Leicester, and I was at. He, he, he is that guy, um, and they'll be hoping that that becomes a regular occurrence for the for the Eagles. And I kind of like you. I kind of think they need him to have a have a good year. I think they need somebody who's been here, done it, knows what the league is about, um, to, to offer a, a way forward for the new guys. So, I say London for everything. <clears throat> That's the obvious choice. I mean, yeah. You, the, can you can you pick anyone else, or is your prediction, or is it just like yeah, London, 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 London? I just think London will win the games that matter. They they, they won't go undefeated. I always say that because even Kingston didn't go un, uh, uh, undefeated, um, and that, so therefore I just assume it can't be done. Um, but I think they will win the games that matter. Could they lose a game in the trophy first round? You know, on a Friday. When they've just come back from Podgorica on the on the Wednesday, maybe you know if they play the right team, maybe they could. Um, so I mean, I never like to predict anybody to sweep because it's bloody hard to do the sweep. You know, there's some really really good teams that only won three trophies, um, but I would expect them to win three for sure. I would expect them to win the league. I would expect them to win the playoffs. Um, because I just think with the talent they've got, that they they ought to um, they they ought to win all of the games that that really matter. Uh, that being said, you know I've covered the Euro Cup for many years. I've seen the grind of it. Injuries happen, fatigue happens, all of that. Um, and and I look at their group and I look at their roster and I feel like you only have to get in the top eight to get through. Uh, to the knockout stages and put another game or another couple of games on the on the end of the season, right about the time where the league um, campaign will be coming to an end. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can I can talk all I want, but if you're asking me to put money on it, it's it's London. Now, look, I, again, you've been you've been covering the game as as uh, as long as anybody, Mark. Can you remember anybody with a roster? 
that talented from top to bottom. I mean, there's been some really good teams that might go five, six, seven, eight deep, but but from top to bottom, that's just an amazing roster, isn't it? I, th- I think for BBL, I can't remember anyone that's that's come with that bigger recruitment. No, I think mm. domestically kind of seem to be beaten up. That kind of, as you said, I think it will be one of those freak results if it happens. But you know, we've all seen mm. this have happened. I think Euro Cup will be more interesting. That I'm not sure the front court's got quite enough. I think it might depend a little bit on health of some players. Mm. I mean, Luke Nelson, we know can be injury prone again. You know, someone you want the best for. You want them to have a great season playing on home soil. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they do in that. I think it'll be interesting to see what mm. sort of the Philip injury hurts group. as well. The Philip injury, because he's obviously got experience of playing in, in European competition. Um, and, and I thought he was going to be a key key factor for them uh, at, at that level. Obviously, they've moved and got uh, Van Oostrom in as well, but, but perhaps not played uh, quite at the same level in recent years as, as Tariq Philip has. So, you know, it's a shifting thing. I, I feel like they should have enough... As I say, you only have to finish eighth out of ten. I, I feel like I look at their team and feel like it's probably a competitive team in the in the group that they're in. Um, but but yeah, it'll, it'll be super interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'd, we all want them to do well. We want Leicester to do well as well. And yeah, and I think you know, it's again, it's kind of kind of build something longer term. I mean, you want you know, you want to see Pat Knights at the copper box or Wembley if, mm. if what I'm hearing is a, is a possibility as well you know you want it to I kind of to put British basketball on the map and that build that credibility mm. for it so I think you know I think for for all of us um yeah we'll, we, we will root for them quietly perhaps on certain occasions um playing abroad and, and whatever you can root loudly on a Wednesday night yeah exactly. I think that's fair I think that's fair and the weekend's Pick your own team. Pick whoever you want. Right. Indeed. Riders for you, of course. I mean, I don't mean the no, You're strictly neutral. <laughs> um, Obviously. You will, of course. Anyway, Friday night, it is Sky Sports. It is Sheffield against London. Join Dan, Nat, and the full team, as they will be most Fridays this year. 7.30 is the time for that. And of course, you can also listen to Dan and Dave Forrester when they host the excellent Sunday Night Breakdown podcast, which will dissect the weekend in the BBL. It is available from all good podcast providers dan thank you so much for joining us um, have a great season to you and uh, we look forward to listening to you as always thank you very much mark and on behalf before i go on behalf of the basketball community can i thank you for your work over the last uh, 12 years or so on mvp magazine slash website because i think that is a great loss uh, to the community you've broke some amazing stories uh, via that platform over the time i think there'll be a few people in the higher echelons of the sport that won't won't mourn its passing uh, but the rest of us who were informed and entertained by it will certainly uh, will certainly do that so thank you for everything you've done over the last 12 and for Britball before that as well mark i'm that old Oh, it goes back to the, the steam age of, of websites with that one. But uh, yes, thank you very much. Very kind of you to say so. Um, we'll see you soon. And just to follow on with what Dan said there, a big thank you to everyone who's reached out over the last few days uh, since we announced MVP is closing down. It's really much appreciated. It has not obviously been an easy decision to take. It wasn't one that was done overnight. It's been a while in the offing, but we will try to preserve the legacy 
of MVP and uh, keep asking some tough questions here on the MVP cast. And just, of course, one note um, to add, of course, with that game on Sky on Friday night, but every game this season in the BBL live and for free via the league's YouTube channel and via the BBL player. So you, you won't get away from myself and Kieran Achara quite that easily. But that is it from this edition of the MVP cast. If you want to follow us, you can get us on Twitter at MVP underscore 24 seven, or you can search for the MVP cast on Facebook. We'll have another edition very, very soon. But thank you for listening. From me, Mark Woods, it's bye for now.